Welcome to the Generations Church Podcast. This is Brian Nugent, and I'm the pastor at Generations Church. Thanks for listening today. We hope this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Hey, take your Bibles this morning. Um, I'm going to, in a few moments, I'm going to go to Romans chapter 8 and 1 Timothy and 1 John. You can follow along. It'll be up on the screen, your Bibles, your devices. So uh, we just concluded our 21 days of reflection and focus and clarity. It's just a time of seeking God. We had a week of prayer. We had a week of of, uh, scripture. A, a, a week of fasting. I just want to say thank you for all of you that just kind of took uh, took some time to dive in, lean in, get a little closer to the Lord. I want to thank you uh, for doing that. Last week was our week of fasting, and and I told you last week, watch out if you're fasting because surprise food will happen everywhere you go. All right, it'll just pop up out of nowhere, and people started messaging me on Monday with surprise food. You know, I went to the cleaners. I went to the cleaners. She hands me a bag of cookies. I said, whoa, stay back, stay back. She said, sir, it's cookie day, free cookies. I'm like, at the cleaners, how about free shirt day? Why don't we do that? You know, but that didn't happen. That didn't happen. So thank you. Uh, Thank you for those that... Uh, those that serve. So we're in week four. We're doing a series at the beginning of the year on prayer that we've called, Can I Have an Hour to Pray? And if you've missed any of the uh, services, uh, you can go back on our Facebook page, YouTube, our podcast on iTunes, and you can kind of get caught up there. But we just kind of wanted to walk systematically through uh, the topic of prayers. So uh, you should have received today a, a prayer card. I try to give you something every week uh, to just remind you to pray, encourage you to pray. There'll be some guest services uh, after the service is over with. So we, you know, I, I open up with something general about prayer. We talk about some specific types of prayer, and then we pray at the very end. So we're going to do communion, but we're also going to do a little prayer meeting at the end today. So uh, uh, as, I, as I mentioned, we'll be in the book of Romans, 1 Timothy and 1 John in just a moment. Our, our theme verse for this passage has been Psalms chapter 5 and verse 3. It says, in the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and I wait, pay, I wait expectantly. So it's kind of been the theme because this passage shows us several things about our prayer life and getting to know the Lord. It shows regularity, okay? Daily, Lord, I'm going I'm to be there. It shows His time. I ask you, what's your time to pray? His time to pray was, was, was in the morning. It shows a reverence for prayer, this passage. He, he acknowledges that it's a holy moment before, uh, before God. He knew in this time that He was meeting with God. It shows preparation. He was giving thought. He just didn't you know, rush in and rush out. But his prayer time, he had some things on his heart that he was preparing to lay before the Lord. And there was a response. So he knew this was an interaction with God. He just wasn't, he just wasn't, you know, praying to the air. But also he waited on on a response back from God. So I think it's a great 
you know, I just think it's a great kind of foundation for our, our, our series here. Now, in previous weeks, and you can get caught up, again, I've been trying to work through this a little bit systematically, so we've talked about praying God's will for our lives, how to, how to just kind of pray God's will and direction in our life. We've talked about the prayer blessing, praying God's favor and blessing family upon our children. We've talked about uh, you know, uh, the, your prayer your prayer time, your private prayer time. We've talked about your prayer group, getting two or three people that, that are kind of your tribe that help you pray. We've talked about congregational prayer, praying together as a church. We've talked about praying God's word, praying in the name of Jesus, praying big, bold prayers. Last week, we talked about prayer and fasting. We talked about prayer, wrestling, waiting, and praying through. What if you, say to, what if you speak to your mountain and it doesn't move? What do you what do you do? And we talked about prayer and we talked about worship. So just kind of systematically working through this. Now, if you if you got your bulletin this morning, on the back of that, we do something every month. I just want to remind you of it's called Fuel 15. It is a resource, it's a devotional resource uh, uh, for you, and it's to help you in your personal prayer time. Okay, so we call it Fuel 15. So we're encouraging people, if you have if you haven't been doing anything, you don't have any kind of prayer life, we encourage you four times a week, 15 minutes a day, would you just start there in seeking God? And we put resources at your fingertips, so we put a worship playlist, man, it's on iTunes and Spotify, uh, man, you can follow us, and anytime we upload a new playlist, man, you can, you know, you can get that, we have worship music, a worship playlist for your children so they can worship by, we give Bible study resources and guides for, and that's for everybody, for adults, it's for a Spanish group, it's college, youth ministry. They provide devotional resources. So we want to do whatever we can to put something at your fingertips that maybe can help you in your time of prayer. So uh, it's on, you'll, you'll see it on social media. Tomorrow we'll post it, but it's, it's listed on your bulletin today. And I just want to say something to our young people like our, our teenagers and college students. You know, your whole life, you know, your parents, they've, you, you've kind of lived in the shadow of your parents when it comes to your walk with God. And I want to say it's that season now as you're getting older, maybe in your latter years of high school or college, when you emerge from the shadows of your parents and you begin to walk this faith out on your own, and the devotional time is the way that you do that. The devotional time when you kind of get before God on your own, spending time with God all by yourself, that's how, man, you kind of emerge from the shadows of your parents' influence, which has been wonderful, but now it's time that you walk this thing out on your own. So I want to encourage you, if you're a young person, a young adult, and man, you've never kind of had your own time with God, your own regular time with God, your own worship time, you, or your own Bible reading, I want to encourage you, now is the season. You never know what God will do in your life if you just start to take some steps toward Him. You know, draw an eye to God, James says, and He'll draw an eye back to you. So just wanted to mention that this morning. So couple of types of prayer we're going to talk about this morning that we're going to take communion and worship. We're going to pick right back up at the end where we were uh, just a few moments ago. So the, the first thing I want to talk to you about this morning is prayer in the Holy Spirit. Prayer in the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit has lots of different roles in our life. He empowers us. 
you know, he, uh, 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 he guides us, he leads us, he convicts us if we're wrong. But there's something else I want to remind you that he does. He's our prayer partner. He's our prayer partner. There's a role that the Holy Spirit plays in our personal prayer life. So I want to say to you, in your prayer time, make room for the Holy Spirit. Okay, You can have your prayer plan, you can have your worship list and your, your Bible reading that you do that's consistent and your, your prayer guide, you know, your prayer schedule. You can have all of that, but when you get there, you never know, uh, you know the, about the Holy Spirit. He might have something else in store for you. So I want to say, make room for the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit work His work even in your prayer life. Now, Romans chapter 8 talks to us about the role of the Holy Spirit when we pray. I want to read through that, and then I'm going to kind of walk back through that, uh, uh, maybe a sentence at a time. So Romans chapter 8, 26 and 27 says, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. Weakness. When we do not know what we ought to pray for, the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with wordless groans. And He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance to the will of God. So this is reminding us that the Holy Spirit does something for us and has a role to play our prayer partner when we pray. So let's work through that. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. So when we are weak, worn out, we are exhausted, we have no physical energy, we have no emotional energy, the Holy Spirit is there in that moment to minister to you. When we do not know what we ought to pray for, when we have decisions, when we need direction, when we need God's guidance, when we're not sure of God's will or God's plan, or we go to our prayer closet, our prayer room, and we're just kind of directionless when it comes to prayer, when we do not know what to pray for. So when we're weak, when we do not know what to pray for, the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through work. So that can happen in several in several ways. When we come into our prayer time, when we're weak, when we're not sure of God's will, the Holy Spirit intercedes. That means He's praying for us. That can happen in several ways. He can give us direction on something that we need to pray. He can give us this kind of unshakable heaviness, this burden. You're like, man, where did this come from? Sometimes the Holy Spirit through a heaviness in our heart can give us direction for when we should pray. And it kind of, it doesn't leave. Or in this moment, it is the prayer language. It is the language of the, the Holy Spirit that begins to flow out of our heart. The First Corinthians private prayer language that begins to flow out of our heart. In that moment, the Spirit begins to intercede for us. Ephesians 6, 18 
reminds us, pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests so that language, the wordless groans of the Holy Spirit in that moment can can come out. And look what else he says. And he who searches our heart the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So what does that say? It says the Holy Spirit is looking at my heart. He's looking at my intentions, my dreams, my plans, what I'm about to pray. And the Holy Spirit is praying for us by praying through us. So he's praying through us and he does this according to God's will and God's plan. So the Holy Spirit searches our hearts and he begins to intercede for us and through us according to the will of God. Can I tell you something? The role of the Holy Spirit in our prayer life is indispensable. We need to be very sensitive When we go to our prayer room and our prayer time, we need to be very aware. I mean, I get it. Sometimes you got 15 minutes, and that's all you got. You got to pick your kids up. Dinner's going to be ready. That's all you got. I, I understand that. But I'm just saying, even in that moment, before you start, you take a deep breath. And you listen in your heart because the Holy Spirit may may have something for you. So I want to say, when you pray... Be sensitive. When you pray, be sensitive. Because you never know when your regular prayer time, your regular devotional time, can turn into a God encounter. You never know when you, when you have your regular devotional time, when the Holy Spirit may interrupt that and turn it into a divine encounter. So Acts chapter 2, the church came together to pray. Man, they just came to pray. They didn't know specifically what they were praying for. But in that moment, the Holy Spirit fell upon them. Cloven tongues like as a fire. People were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Man, God's presence was moving. Acts chapter chapter 2, the birth of the early church took place right then. But they had no idea what the Holy Spirit had in store. They just went for the regular time of prayer. So I want to just remind you, when you get in your private prayer time, the Holy Spirit may go, hey, I got something else in store for you. Now, I want to say, too, the private prayer room is one of the best places that you can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I mean, when you've got, you know, you've got uh, all your distractions out of the way, and that's what happened here. Man, they were focused, and God filled them, and He baptized them with the Holy Spirit. But the Lord may also do some other things in your life as well. There may be some God in Encounters. There may be some strength. There may be just some other things that the Lord wants to speak in your life. So when you I want you to be sensitive because you never know when your regular devotional time can turn into a God encounter. So one time the church was praying, and man, the Holy Spirit fell upon them. And man, God did a great work. People were filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 10, Peter is in his private prayer time. He's in his private prayer time. And it says he walks out on the roof and he begins to pray. And it said the Holy Spirit showed him a man named Cornelius and he sent him. He said, I want you to go to him. So, so in a regular devotional time, 
but it can be a God encounter. The Lord may lay someone on your heart to go minister to. God may speak to you and go, hey, here's someone, and this isn't about prayer. Here's someone I need you to go contact. There's something I want you to, I want you to go pray for them. Like geographically, I want you to go talk to them. There's something I want you to say to them. That happened to him in his private prayer time. Acts chapter 13, the prayer group. There was like five of them together. They're just praying. They're just praying. They just got together to pray. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit said to Paul and Barnabas, Hey, I'm calling you for, to missions work. And I want you to leave and I want you to go here. Okay? All in the prayer time. All in the prayer time. So, I just want to remind you, when you pray, be sensitive. Because out of your regular devotional time could happen a God encounter to you. So be sensitive. Be sensitive in your prayer time. If there's a song on your heart, sing it. Okay, listen. Well, I got my I got my Spotify list. I don't sing alone. Yeah, you do in the shower. You know what you do. Everybody's a great worship leader in the shower, right? You're going, boy, Brent Jones. He does not know what he's missing here. All right. So whatever you got planned, listen to me. You get in your private prayer room and there's a song on your heart. You start to sing it. Start to sing it. You start to magnify. You just start to praise God because the Holy Spirit is the ultimate worship leader. He's the ultimate one that can lead you to a place in the Lord in that, in that moment. So if you get in there, maybe you've had this song on your heart all day. Just this kind of worship song. Where did that come from? Probably from the Holy Spirit. Start to sing that song. So when you're in your prayer time, if you, if you have a song in your heart, sing it. If there's a passage of Scripture on your mind, read it. All right? Well, I've got my, I've got my, reading, you know, my reading list. That's fine. But, man, maybe there's this Scripture that comes on your heart or there's this story. Be sensitive because God speaks to us through His Word. God speaks to us through the scriptures. So if you are in your prayer time and there's this passage that comes back to you or this story that comes to you, stop what you're doing. Grab your Bible, your device, find it and read it over and over and over again. Because the Lord may have something that He wants to say to you in His Word that may just bring you closer to Jesus or strengthen you in your faith. Or He might have a word of guidance or direction for you. So if you are reading, and there's, a, I mean, if you're in your prayer time and there's a passage on your mind, read it. If there is a person or a situation that comes on your heart, pray for them. Pray for them. You ever had that? Somebody just like, where did that come from? That's random. That's random. What, what is, somebody's on your heart. There's a situation that comes to your heart. Maybe that's not on your list. Then you stop what you're doing and pray for them. The Holy Spirit is using you in the great concert of prayer around the world. You begin to seek God and you begin to, you begin to pray over them. And listen to me, you pray over that person or situation until you kind of feel that heaviness or that burden release. God is using you. So don't, 
Don't think maybe it's just random. Maybe the Lord is using you at that moment. Maybe it's something in your family that's burdened, or maybe maybe it's not. You just pray until that burden is released. So I only just want to say to you, in that moment, have a plan, but always be open to the move of the Holy Spirit. You just never know. I was in prayer right down here on Wednesday morning. I was just praying. I just just felt like I just needed to pray for the service Sunday morning. I'm just sitting here on the steps. I'm just praying. Okay, Lord, just, because I, I already had, kind of already had what I wanted to preach and speak on. I already kind of worked that worked that out. I mean, the Lord just started dropping some things in my heart for this service. I grabbed my phone. Man, I just started taking notes. All right, let me just say something. If God speaks to you, it might be worth writing down, okay? It might be worth writing down. I just started Man, I just started writing some things down. The Holy Spirit was just giving me guidance. But it was in the moment in my prayer time when my mind was, was not distracted. And I just had some moments, you know, moments with the Lord. So I just want to just remind you, be faithful to your prayer time. But don't be so mechanical in that that you rule out the prayer partner that God's given you. Okay? So that's one thing that I wanted, wanted to mention. The other, the other prayer... Is prayer and intercession for others. Prayer in the Holy Spirit. Prayer and intercession for others. Others people. First Timothy chapter 2 gives us this instruction. He said, I urge then, first of all, that all petitions, intercession, that is praying for others, and thanksgiving be made for all people. Joel reminds us, Joel 3, multitudes are in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. So intercessory prayer this morning is the prayer for those who were lost without Christ. And it's one of the most important prayers, if not the most important prayer, that we will pray. Can I remind you this morning, if people die without Christ, they are lost for all of eternity. Can I remind you of that? If you've got someone that's, man, they're not where they should be with the the Lord, can I remind you that if people die without Christ, they are lost for all of eternity. There are people that we know in our life that have never responded to the gospel. They've heard it, but they've never responded. There are people in our life that have heard the gospel, they responded, and they're a prodigal. They've walked away from from their relationship with God. If you've got someone that is lost, can I just say something to you this morning? Listen, this is not some cosmic game that we are playing. This is life or death. This is heaven or hell. And it's for all of eternity. And sometime the intercessor, the family intercessor, gets distracted for whatever reason. And there is little brokenness and infrequent prayer and very few tears. And our hearts are just kind of hard. Can I remind you when it comes to intercession, praying for others who are lost, this is serious business. Proverbs says, a foolish son sleeps on the brink of the harvest. It is not time for the family intercessor to go to sleep on the brink of the harvest. It's not that time. It's not that time. If you're praying for someone, if you're praying for someone, 
someone you know that's lost or away from God, can I just remind you of a few things this morning? The Holy Spirit is always at work. Our heart, we may be burdened and concerned, but the Holy Spirit is always at work. And He doesn't always check in with you about how He's dealing on the other end. Okay? Anybody have somebody, I mean, we don't know for sure, but somebody you think prayed you into the kingdom of God? Anybody got that? Yeah. That's my mother. That's my mother. And she's praying for me. I'm not serving God, didn't want to serve God. I got my own little teenage life going on, you know. And she's praying for me. I go to church. Man, I feel, I feel like conviction. I mean, God's dealing with me. God's dealing with me. I can't tell you the times that I felt the Holy Spirit drawing me that I walked out the back door. I just left. Or the times that I just hardened my own heart. There are times that God is dealing with the person that you are praying for, but they don't come and report back to you. Hey, Mom, you almost got me this morning. You almost got me. No. But you got to know something. That when we pray, the Holy Spirit is at work. And our prayer can be part of that decision that a loved one makes for Christ. Sometimes you pray and it gets worse. They, they get worse. Their life gets, you know, just kind of goes off the rails there. And you're going, what is going on? I'm praying and it's getting worse, but I want to tell you what happens. So when we pray sometimes, the Holy Spirit starts to, to deal with that person. And man, there are times that they just reject it. They harden their own heart. They start, they start walking again down their own path. They make decisions away from the drawing of the Holy Spirit that they are feeling. And man, their life, their life just gets worse. That's not a sign that God is not at work, many times it is a sign that God is at work when you are praying. So don't think God is not at work. Jim Symbol is the pastor of Brooklyn Tabernacle in New York City. Now I love Brooklyn Tabernacle, I love Jim Symbol. Okay, I'll just say that. He's a pastor. And his own daughter, when she got late teens in college, Went away from God. The pastor's daughter went away from God. Two and a half years. She's gone. She's doing drugs. She's living a terrible life. There were months in that two and a half years that there was not even any contact. He didn't even hear from her for months and months and months. Some of you may know what that's like. To some of us, that would just be like the worst nightmare to not even know where your kids are at and knowing, man, that they are, are, are living a life that is away from God. I love the Brooklyn Tabernacle. They have a Wednesday night prayer meeting or a midweek prayer meeting that I, I kind of copied when I came here. His wife, they're broken. Can you imagine? Some of you are walking through that. Some of you are walking through that. I just want to take a moment. I want you to... Watch this video, just a few moments, as he tells kind of the end of the story here. Let's play that video. Someone started crying here when I mentioned my daughter. I happened to see your face. 
So that tells me that maybe I should leave on this note. You know, when I went through that two and a half year long nightmare with my daughter, I said this at dinner last night. One night at my lowest, my wife had a hysterectomy during that time. Hormonally, she got thrown off, estrogen levels. She started talking of not wanting to live anymore and taking her life. I'm pastoring a church, starting other churches, renting Radio City Music Hall. My daughter's not there. I cry through Christmas Eve. It's not easy. The Lord one night at about 1 o'clock in the morning, 1.30 on a Saturday night as I was praying, said, I'm going to bring Chrissy back. He had stopped me talking to her for months and just said, you've tried manipulation, money. You know, when your daughter's drifting, you try to fix it. Do I get a witness here? Right? But God, you know, the, wor the harder I tried, the worse she got. I tried everything. Carol was going through her struggles. I thought I was going to lose my mind at times, the grief of Chrissy, then my wife, not the woman I married any longer. After not talking to her for five months, knew she was in the city at this time in a Tuesday night prayer meeting. Someone sent a note up and said, I feel impressed. We're supposed to pray for your daughter tonight. I waited, called an associate pastor at the appropriate moment, had him lead out in prayer. The church turned into a labor room. Ever been in a labor room? You know, their love for me, for Carol, their love for Chrissy, the Holy Spirit helping them. I didn't shed many tears that night because all my tear ducts were dry. You, know, you cry so much, there's nothing left. I came home. My wife wasn't there. I came home. She was sitting at the kitchen table. She had a cup of coffee. I sat there. She said, how'd the day go? I said, it's over, Carol. She said, what's over? I said, it's over. Chrissy's coming back. She said, how do you know? I said, if there's a God in heaven, she's coming back. If you were there and heard them pray, it's over. Just about the next morning, I'm shaving. Carol bursts in the bathroom. Says Chrissy's downstairs. I wiped the shaving cream off. Wait, I wiped the shaving. That means time out. Uh, I wiped the shaving cream off my eye, uh, off my face. I go downstairs and there's my beautiful daughter, model child, grown up. She's on her hands and her knees, crying. I lift her up to me. The minute I saw her eyes, I knew she had changed. She was the girl that I remember. She said, Daddy, I've sinned against God. I've sinned against you. I've sinned against Mommy. I've sinned against myself. Who'd you have praying for me last night? I said, what do you mean, Chrissy? She said, just tell me, who'd you have praying for me? Well, we did pray for you. The church prayed for you. She said, because in the middle of the night, God gave me a dream, a vision. I saw myself going 95 miles an hour toward this abyss, and he caught me right on the edge. And instead of yelling at me, Daddy, he loved me, and he said he still cared for me, and he had a plan for my life.
And now she's the wife of a pastor in Chicago, doing great work for the Lord, got the same gifting her mother has, not trained, not trained, not trained, doesn't know what she's doing. She just keeps doing it every Sunday like my wife. Someone, remember, the Holy Spirit is always at work. And never quit praying. Never quit believing. Never quit calling on God. Because we believe that God can change the heart. Sometimes it's heart-rending. It's heart-rending when you see your family member and they're walking away from God and they're living a lifestyle and the fruit of that lifestyle and it is killing you it is crushing it is crushing you there are times that you can't get them off your minds you worry about them during the day you pace the floor at night but can I remind you to the intercessors tonight we ne- this morning we never stop praying until the prodigal walks in the door we don't forget to pray we don't lose our burden we don't get discouraged we don't quit we keep praying we keep calling out to God. We keep making the carpet wet with our tears. We never stop praying until the prodigal walks in the door. We never quit. We never quit. It's not a time to sleep, family intercessors. It's not a time to sleep. One of your prayer cards this morning on the back of that has got friends and family. It's got five lines. Just at some point, I want you to write those names down. I want you to keep that card with you. we got to keep praying over people and believing that God can change their heart. Listen, it's late in the game. And this is not a cosmic game at all. This is for real. It's heaven and hell and for eternity. We need to awake the intercessor with us and know that it's one of the most important prayers that we pray. Maybe you're here today. And you're one that somebody's praying for. Somebody invited you, you just stumbled in. You're just wondering what's going on in my life. I'm just telling you there may be somebody praying for you. Maybe somebody's told you that they're... That they, are, that they are praying for you this morning. Listen, we don't have any judgment on your life, okay? We're not here to point our finger at you, but the person that's praying for you and even us this morning, we just want you to know the fullness of a relationship with, the Jesus, with Jesus and the joyous life that comes through service to Him. That's all. That's all. If that's you, well, I'll talk to you in just a, in a few moments at the end. Last prayer, last prayer. The prayer of confession. The prayer of confession. John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Okay? All right. Now, we like to hide things. We like to hide things. We try to keep things. We try to keep them hidden, especially from God. But that's funny because God knows it all, right? God knows it all. We're trying we're trying to hide, but God, but God knows. It's kind of like your mother. Let me just tell you something about your mom. God tells mothers all the sins that the children have committed. They know. Now, it's not fair. I don't like it. But that's the way it is. You know, I was in sixth grade, came home from school. There's about a three-quarter inch cigarette outside the my backyard. Some of my other sixth grade friends were smoking. 
I didn't want to miss the joy of a journey to lung cancer. I didn't want to be by myself. <clears throat> so I grabbed that cigarette. Can't find a match. Can't find a match. I hide it. I hide it. I come home from school the next day. My mother said, come here. Come here. She took me to the mantle, and she uncovered this thing, and it had my cigarette in it. She said, would you know anything about this? And of course, I went, what? What are you talking about? Mother, I'm hurt. Brian Nugent. Brian Nugent. Yeah. Yeah, that was mine. That was mine. She said, you know what? And she gave me the whole speech. The whole spill about health and who you hang out with and, and addictions and that you know, and that whole thing, and I just want to say, we're good at trying to hide things, but it's confession and the prayer of confession that kind of brings that to the surface. We're trying to hide things from God. We don't want to mention things to God, but He already, He already knows the prayer of confession is inviting God to work into your life. God, I need you. There are areas of my life that I need you. The prayer of confession is a prayer for forgiveness and cleansing. So we're not just listing our sins before God, but we are asking God to forgive us and cleanse us because we don't want to go back down that path anymore. The prayer of confession is not necessarily for the sinner, but for the Christian. Now, anybody can use the passage that I just gave you, you know, in, 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 in prayer. But really, the prayer of confession is for the believer because there are times that even after salvation, man, there are areas of our life that are not yielded to the Lord. And it is the prayer of confession from time to time that is needed in the life of the believer. So confession, like the mindset is this, must show sorrow or regret at having offended God. You just pray a passionless prayer of confession, you hadn't really got through the confession. Psalms 51, have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity, cleanse me from my sin, for I know my transgression and my sin is always before me. Against you and only you have I sinned and done what is evil in, my, in your sight. Now that is the type of expression that you have to have when you approach the prayer of confession. But we don't reach there sometimes. But in the bottom of my Bible, it writes this note about Psalms 51. It says, a psalm of David. When the prophet Nathan came to him after David had committed adultery with Bathsheba. He's broken. He's, he's broken and shattered. Now it's not just some prayer, but now... He realizes the impact of his sin. Even as the person that was known as, as, as one that had God, God's own heart. He's broken at his sin. He is shattered. And he's reminded, you know, he's reminded of, uh, about, 
about his own relationship with God, confession must show sorrow or regret for having offended God. Uh, Confession must have repentance, determined to avoid sin. When we pray the prayer of confession, we are turning away and realizing its influence and its impact upon our life. The prayer of confession must have humility, brokenness of spirit, and admission of sin. This is not the time that we blame other people, but this is the time that we stand before God and we take responsibility for our own actions and our own, our own life. See, I talked to a guy, and he was just kind of laying out some things that were he had going on in his life. I said, look, man, it looks like you, you need to confess these things, get some of these things before God. He said, no, I'm good. I'm good. It didn't bother him because he's thinking, once I'm saved, that's, all, that's good. I'm, I'm covered. I've prayed, the, I've prayed the sinner's prayer. So if I grieve God's heart with my lifestyle after salvation, that doesn't matter because I'm good. I'm good. And that's the way some people think. Hey, I'm, I'm faithful to God. I've prayed the sinner's prayer. I'm going to heaven. I'm good. Really? Really? Put that first screen up there. Put that next screen up there. Idolatry, greed, covetousness, love of money, gluttony, complaining, pride, disobedience, stealing, bribery, extortion, laziness, dishonesty, cheating, cursing, swearing. Does that get anybody's attention? We, we still good? We still good? How about the next screen up there? Blaspheming. Taking God's name in vain, murder, anger, hate, enmity, rage, brawling, rioting, unforgiving heart, wrath, unmerciful, dissensions, contentions, arguings, fighting. We still good? We still good? Not bothered, not broken. How about the next one? Abortion, division, strife, rivalries, adultery, sex before marriage, sexual immorality, filthy talk, defiling the body, homosexuality, sexuality, impurity, pornography, vulgar, crude jokes. We still good? Everybody's still good. Anything that's kind of probing the heart, or we just, we're, we're good because we prayed a, a prayer a long time ago. Jealousy, drunkenness, withholding all the truth, double tongue, exaggerating, speaking evil of others, lying, gossiping, slandered, backbiting, spreading rumors, deceit, whispers. We still good? We still good? Everybody's still good? Is there something that you see up there that goes, that's me? That's me? That's what the prayer, that's what the prayer of confession does. Worship team, you can come. The prayer of confession reminds us as a believer, the prayer of confession is where as a believer we confront our sin. It's where we as a believer come back and we confront our iniquity and our sin because it's God's heart to forgive. We saw that on the cross. He could have taken justice, but he chose He chose mercy, so it initially starts out at salvation where God forgives us. But there are times as believers that we have to come back and ask God to cleanse us and forgive us again. The prayer of confession needs to be a regular part of our prayer life. It needs to be a regular part of our prayer life for things like that. Sometimes we get a little comfortable with our sin. Sometimes we get a little comfortable. God, just hold just one, just one moment. So we go to him in prayer, confessing our sins, 
trusting only in the work that was done on the cross. That's the prayer of confession. That's the prayer of confession. Okay, as a believer, am I good? I'm good. Prayed a prayer 20 years ago. Prayer of confession is when I confront what's going on in my life right now and ask God to forgive me and cleanse me. Prayer of confession reminds me that I don't want to have the root of iniquity in my life. The prayer of confession is God washing me and cleansing me and making me new. If you're here today, you're away from the Lord. Confession is for you. Romans 10 says if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. It's a confession. It's inviting God to work on your behalf. Just come before this moment with reverence. If you're here today, maybe you're away from God. You never really walked in your faith before. I want you to put that prayer up as part of the message. Put it up there. Maybe you're not where you should be with the Lord. Now's the moment. Now's the moment. Maybe somebody's been praying for you. Maybe the Holy Spirit's been dealing with you. Maybe you're like me. Maybe you're having these God experiences, and it's just the Holy Spirit going, hey, man, I'm here. I want to be your Savior. I want to be your Savior. There's a prayer on the screen. I'm going to read it. If that's you this morning, it's a simple prayer. If you're away from the Lord, if you're a prodigal, I want you to pray it this morning. So in your heart, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. Just pray it. Just pray it out. I turn from my sins and I invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. It's that simple. It's that simple. And after church, I'm going to be down here at the front. Man, if you prayed that, you meant that. And come see me. I want to talk to you. I'd love to just rejoice with you and pray with you. Before we take these emblems today, we have a little intercessory prayer work to do as we're mindful of the cross of Jesus this morning and the blood of Jesus and the, the wonderful grace that we have in our hands. There are others that don't. So right now, before we go any further, we're going to do a little intercessory prayer. We're going to pray for those in our life that are lost. We're in this holy moment. Anything worse than at the dinner table when there's a chair that's empty. There's seats that are empty. There's communion this morning that he would like to share. Can we just take a moment? Let's just pray for those that are lost and are away from God. So, Lord... We just come before you today. Lord, we're so thankful, Lord, for the cross of Jesus. But Lord, there are people in our life, people that we love, good people, Lord. They're away from you this morning, Lord. And in this holy moment, Lord, we just pause and we pray for the lost. Lord, I pray today for husbands who are away from God. I pray over them this morning wives that are away from God. I pray for adult children, Lord, maybe that have never really walked in that grace or away from God. I pray over them. 
this morning. Lord, I pray. I pray for our kids. Our kids that are away from God. We pray for parents that are away from you. Pray for co-workers that we're close to, neighbors that we're close to. Lord, we pray. We pray over them, Lord. We ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, to move again on their behalf. Lord, do what you've got to do to shake up their life so that they'll see your grace. Lord, 2 Corinthians says the God of this world has blinded the eyes of those so they would not see the glorious gospel. And Lord, we pray that the Holy Spirit do what you got to do to strip that blinder off so they'll see the wonderful grace of God in the cross of Jesus. We pray over that today. We're praying for those that are lost. We're praying for those that are away from God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. 1 Corinthians 11 says in the same way after the supper he took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me for whenever you eat this bread and you drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes and then he writes everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and they drink of the cup. So you need to stop. You need to stop. You need to look in your own heart. You think you're good? You think you're good? There may be some things that God's surfacing this morning. This is the time for the prayer of confession. This is where we come and go, Lord, hey, I got some issues even after the cross. I got some issues in my life that I've just kind of accepted. It's just, but, but Lord, they're breaking your heart. And Lord, I, I'm confessing them this morning. Regret and sorrow, repentance and humility. Thank you for listening to the Generations Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the message today and pray God's greatest blessings on you. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter.